a British motor show. Part 2. Dad, why didn't you take me? Derek Jones at speed! Zog and I have found a, a car at the motor show that, unlike most of the manufacturers here, we know almost nothing about this manufacturer. Do you know anything about Lightning Dog at all? Uh, only a little. I mean, I had read about this car and got interested because it's an electric British sports car from a manufacturer that we don't know. I think they're a small volume sports car manufacturer who come up with an electric model, but we need to find out more. Well, we'll, it's, we'll it's, a good, it's a good looking car though. Yeah, we'll find someone to talk to in a minute, but let's describe the car to you. It is a long bonnet two-door sports tourer, I think that's fair to say. It looks not unlike a, a Marcos of some kind. It really does look British, doesn't it? It's a beautiful-looking GT, basically. Two-door coupe, reminiscent of Marcos, as you were saying before. I think there's a bit of a touch of of Bristol, Bristol Fighter, yeah. is it? You know, in in the in the rear end, in the way that the roof line sort of comes down at the back. It's a great looking car. I, I could almost forgive it the all too shiny wheels, which is the, uh, the the sin that they're committing, as are many others. But now, um, behind those the shiny part of the wheel rims, you've got these two or four, I should say, huge blue brushless electric motors, permanent magnet electric motors. So it's got a battery powertrain, electric motors in an all-wheel, so it's four-wheel drive. It's it's the opposite of what most electric cars are. It's very sexy, isn't it? Yeah, hub-mounted motors, as you say, but because they're sitting where you would normally see the brake calipers, but, you know, they actually look rather like huge old-style uh, drum brakes. They do, don't um, they? Yeah. But, of course, they're brakes and they're motors because, you know... And they're dynamo. That's what I mean. They brake slash dynamo because the dynamo effect produces braking as you turn the kinetic energy of the car into electric energy there you go quick quick physics lesson folks um, <laughs> but you know, as you say hub mounted motors which of course is how the very first uh, electric cars used to get around the loner porsche electric car hub mounted motors moon buggy exactly the lunar rover hub mounted, rover, motors, hub -mounted yeah. electric motors so yeah it's good tried and tested technology all right well let's uh, let's find out if the guys who are trying to launch this car are going to be successful let's see if we can find someone to talk to I've managed to grab a few minutes with Ian Sanderson, who is the chairman of the Lightning Car Company, and John Patterson, who does everything else, I'm told. Um, first of all, I have to ask you, Ian, the concept behind Lightning is very timely. Was it something that you went out and, and you know ticked all the boxes? Okay, it needs to be an eco car, it needs to be an expensive car, it needs to be something that's very British, in order to make it a justifiable business model? Totally, we had to make it, so in order to create paradigm shift to kickstart the British and indeed the world's love affair of electric cars, we needed to produce a beautiful car from every angle which gave people performance, luxury and style. Oh, and it's emission free as well. Now at this point, because John does everything else, I'm going to ask him to give us a quick the blurb on the technical spec of the car because it's, it's extraordinary isn't it? It is. This car is truly dynamic. We can change each wheel speed which helps us with our handling and allows us to do things that have never been done before and that's the bit that excites me. We can do a 130 miles an hour, we can do 0 to 60 in 4 seconds or less, we can do 300 kilometres range or that's what we designed to intend and the initial testing looks very positive in that direction. We can do a 10 minute charge, we can do an overnight charge, we can do a wind turbine charge, we can do just about anything that you need to do in that de department, which again is a fundamental shift from anything else that's out there. 
that's exactly what you said, Ian, a paradigm shift. Why is that important at, at this time in the motor industry when you know, there's a lot of contraction well, going on? You, you need to get opinion leaders out of their petrol cars and into their more environmentally friendly cars. You need to get politicians, high net worth individuals, successful entrepreneurs saying, we go out tonight, I won't take the XYZ V8, let's take the Lightning. Also, if you commute in and out of a major city every day, you could save up to 20,000 a year on fuel, parking charges, congestion charges by driving an all-electric car. Now, who do you see as your direct rivals? Um, Farboard about the only one, the nearest thing, is that, is that right, would you say? The only rival we have is people spending that sort of money on an existing petrol car, which has a horrendous CO2 level. We are occupying a niche at the top end of the marketplace to give people at that level what they want out of a car and emission-free. Zog and I were discussing the styling of the car. We think it looks British. We, you know, th 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 you look at it, you go, oh, it could be part of the market. decision, because we are 100% British. And the money's coming from where at the moment? From my past. <laughs> I've been involved, I've been fortunate enough to be involved in several successful businesses and uh, fortunate enough to be able to get us to this point today. We are naturally seeking further investment from other interested parties, of which there are several, but the car is carrying on and we're going to get it into production by the end of next year. Well, John, Ian, as petrol heads and perhaps electric heads as well that we are, we would love to see a car like this selling in large numbers, or certainly enough numbers to keep you guys afloat. We, we too are petrol heads, but you need to change. Yeah, well, we, we, we changed our minds. We, we said we weren't petrol heads, that we were speed heads, really, or efficiency ah, heads. Now you're talking, like That's it. a very good point, because I used to be a powerboat racer uh, for many years, and I like fast boats, motorbikes, cars, and forget the rest. And in order to carry on enjoying that love of speed, we need to move forwards and find more environmentally friendly ways of doing it. This represents something we could do to achieve that. Finally, there's an old adage, win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Could you race this car? Definitely. Absolutely. How far do you want to go? Well, how about 24 hours at a big race at Le Mans? Ah. There we go. Now that we're talking excitement. They're both smiling. I think they know something we don't know. Gentlemen, thank you very much indeed for your time. We look thank forward you. to seeing the Lightning Cheers. being successful thank and you. quick as Lightning too. It will. For some reason, Zog and I have been drawn to the Alfa Romeo stand. I can think of two reasons. First of all, just about every car on this stand, bar two, is in, I suppose it's Rosso red or kind of Ferrari red, a metallic red, which is very, very nice. And second of all, they've got an Alfa 8C, which is probably one of the most beautiful cars around at the moment, in my humble opinion. Do you like the Alpha 8C, Zogo? I do. It's a very, very pretty car. And, uh, yeah, we're standing right by it at the moment. Yep, still looks great. They've parked it next to the Mito, though, the Alfa Romeo Mito. Now, Dang. there are those who think it's horrible. Do you, do you think it's horrible? The Mito? I, I wouldn't say it's horrible, but uh, I would say that parking the 8C next to it doesn't really do it any favours. Um, Especially as they've carried over a lot of the DNA of the 8C to the Mito. But to be honest, I think it's yeah, a lot sweeter not, in the flesh. Not enough of it shows in that case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, don't, I mean, no, I mean, the, you know, the Mito, it's... Uh, it's, uh, it's better looking than the Fiesta, I think. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it, um, it, it's not a bad-looking little car, but it just doesn't look quite alpha and exciting enough for me. I don't know, it looks a bit too... 
bit too sensible maybe maybe let's have a look at the front let's just have a look at the grill because that's picked up the most criticism as we grab our bags okay. and move over the, the the front end has grabbed its greatest criticism some people say it looks like an old an old austin or even the ford edsel would you say well let's describe it for you you've got an inverted shield uh, for the grill yeah a version of the classic alpha grill with the with the chrome horizontal bars that bit of looks great it's the sort of eye like headlights you know not not bug eyes but but you know how the you know the front of uh, a lot of cars has that quality of a face to it and you know on this car you've got quite quite sort of big cartoony sort of friendly eyes I'd say with the headlights and I just don't think that looks quite right it, it, it looks a bit too cutesy yeah you're right I think Alpha should be more sexy or dramatic than cutesy and yeah. this is pushing Alphas into the cutesy end of things which you know good luck to them but they might have done it a bit better it, it, it looks like it's sort of shaping up to be a character in a Pixar movie you know yeah. it's uh, <laughs> Mito Mito We've come outside XL now for uh, an exhibit here at the show, which the London Motor Show prides itself on. Not only do you get to see the cars at the Motor Show here, but you also get to drive some of them. And Land Rover have got something called the Ultimate Land Rover Experience Setup, where you get to drive either a Freelander or a Range Rover or a Discovery round a short course with some ramps. So I guess the thing is here, they're going to teach Zog how to drive a 4x4 off-road. Hang on. Zog, can I ask, you driven off-road before? Um, well, I was going to... I'm not sure if I should confess... For the, I, I did. A simple no would do. Well, no, I have been off-road. <laughs> I had my first crash in a Land Rover, actually, when I was learning to drive right. on, a, uh, on a farm. Um, now yeah, you it's, tell it's, me. It's a good thing they're, you know, they're tough old beasts, um, well, well, we'll find out how tough they are as Zog tries to steer us round this course. There's a chap just getting out of a car now, so any minute now it should be Zog's turn to drive. Right, here we go. Thank you very much, Sarah, who's organised this for us. Here we go. Zog's in the driving seat, I'm in the back. Damage if I scream too loud, you? you can <laughs> assume that I know kind of nothing about off-road because I'm a I'm a, I'm a I'm a sport I'm a sports car driver. I'm not a four x four guy. Um, I have driven a Land Rover before, but it was years and years ago, and that was you know a, an old school, right. uh, not an automatic. I've already so, assumed you know that nothing at all. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, but it's about control. It's not about speed. It's about keeping the car nice and steady. It's not about speed at all. Quite a tricky track. Have you watched any others go over? A little bit. Back end can go up quite high. So when we arrive at the top of this ramps, we want to be going nice and steady. Okay. Ideally, if you could balance the car on the top, perfect. We'll give it a shot. We'll see how we get on. Okay. So we've got to line the car up. So we want to get the back wheels in line because the back wheels are all going to take a shortcut. So if we haven't got the car in line, you'll fall off. So we need to get the car across that that side a little bit more and then bring it back so we line the car up okay. if you look at the flat of the bonnet it creeps up on that side so with that little bottom of that v mm -hmm. when we're in the corner if you look at the the decking on your side yeah full of holes so if you count about four holes in from the inside that's the sort of marker i'm looking at to get the car lined up central to the track four holes from the inside lined the inside. up with that crease on the bonnet yeah okay. and i can do the same my side further on down you'll see don 
he's going to be another set of eyes on the outside. So if you see him pointing one way or the other, yeah. good idea to do what he says. Okay. He puts his hands up like that, good idea to stop. Okay, then. Again, not that speed, smooth as you can. Yeah. Do you drive automatics very much? Uh, hardly at all. Right. You speak English, that's a good start. Yeah. Hardly at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's foot brake to start with. It won't allow you to select a gear until you've done that. Button on the back and pull the car right the way back into drive. That will use all six gears. So if you push it to the left, it goes into command shift and it tells you on the dashboard you're in first gear. That's the one we're going to use. Okay. Handbrake off. The car will automatically creep forward as you come off the brakes. So you don't need any gas at all. So yep. just gently come off the, off the brakes and let the car creep. The slower you go, the more time you have to get that steering dead right. Keep it fairly close to your side. Go on, keep yeah. it up to the up to the bank a little bit more. Go on, a little bit more to your side. Keep yeah. it going, and then start to bring it around. You're trying to get the back wheels where you imagine they want to be, for okay. being dead in line. So probably to me. Now, yeah. Yeah. Nice and slow here. Looking down that via the bonnet, a little bit more to me. Zog's now approaching uh, two ramps, staggered. The right-hand ramp climbs up about two foot, but there's no ramp on the left-hand side until you start to come off the right-hand side ramp, and then the left-hand side goes up. So we're going to roll to the left quite dramatically, then roll to the right. Let's see how he does it. Wheel goes up on the front, your side, that's the easy bit. What I want you to do is get the, my wheel and your rear wheel to be balanced on the top. When we're at the top, we do not want any speed coming down the other side. Your front, my rear, balanced? On the top, ideally. Okay. So you need to give it a fair amount of power to get up there. Yeah. Once we're at the top, we want to be on the brakes and lower it down. The back wheel will probably be three feet off the ground or more. Okay, so then. we don't want speed there. Okay? okay? So nice and gentle, just let the car creep its way forward. A little bit to me, a little bit to me. Yeah, nice and steady, gently add the power as you need it. Front wheel's going up there, so a little bit more to me. Keep it fairly straight, gently add a little bit of power, a little bit more, and stop there. That's one wheel up, let's go slightly to the left. That's the easy bit. You're having to give a little bit more power in a minute, so gently. We're now over at about 20 degrees to the left. We came off 30 degrees, I can hear the rear wheel spinning. Add the power, add the power, add the power, add the power. Off the power, brakes on, brakes. Back wheel knows. That was hysterical. We just rolled from <laughs> about 30 degrees left to 30 degrees right, and I was convinced we were going to go over for a moment. Gently. The back was right off the ground at the moment, so yeah. you want to lower the car down very gently. We're still on, so if you turn too quickly, we'll fall off. Okay. So you want to lower the car down on the brakes as smooth as you can. So just gently just off the brakes. Gently let the car, it will creep on its own, so just gently lower it down. You can see in my mirror, the back was right off the ground. Gotcha. Lower it down until you see it back on the ground. So very, very gently. Now it's on that ramp, it's starting to climb. Yeah. So it's going back up again. Top of the ramp about now. Yeah. Go right along the top of that table, so keep it dead straight. Watch it's not going one way or the other, you're creeping right, so a little bit to the left. left. Let it inch yeah. forward. Keep it going, got two rows off the ground at the moment. Now it's starting to go down, so keep it straight, straight. Lower the car back down to the ground. Now you can turn left. Well done. So keep it nice and close. Again, yeah. keeping the back end as far across to the right as you can. Okay. And then start to bring it round again. Four holes from that crease at the bottom. We're now approaching a ramp which I reckon is probably about three metres high, certainly nine, perhaps even 12 foot uh, high. So four holes again. Line the car up and then just get the car nice and straight now. So you feel the back end's fairly and straight, but the front 
Fine. Okay. Just and hold that, it there. That's looking good from my size. That's not looking your side. too bad. And we can monitor it as we go up. Okay. As you go up the hill, yeah. the whole of this unit will be out of sight. So you won't have anything to look at mm -hmm. by your mirrors. So if you look at your side mirrors, yeah. you see the roll on the alloy either side? Yeah. Wants to be around about 100 mil to the tire. So if you see one side's tighter than the other, you can adjust it. So that's your only marker to look out for as we get out there. Okay. On the way up, it's going to be fairly steep to start with. So you have to add a fair amount of power. Yeah. Next ramp's not quite so steep, less power. When we're on the top, we'll actually park it on the top with the foot brake on. So you can just then assess things before we go down the other side. Okay. Nice and smooth, enough power to keep the car creeping. Nice and steady, let the car walk its way up there. So here we go. Yes, Land Rover is going to creep its way up this ramp. The nose is well in the air now. All I can see is sky. Slightly tight my side. Look at my mirror as well. Oh yeah. So a little bit to you. Compare the two and then steer to adjust it. Nice and steady. Start to get easier now. So not so much power. Keep it creeping. Keep it creeping. Keep it creeping. Starting to creep to you. So a little bit to me. On the brakes and stop. So now you can compare them. If you're more one way than the other, adjust it to suit. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, a little bit, little bit. There's a little bit more space on your side. Yeah. I think I'm a little bit tired on my side. That's it. So you just keep that because that's the only thing you can monitor at the moment. Yeah. Gently let the car go down. The car has got hill descent control, but it would be a little bit quick for what we're doing now because it's a very tight crease at the bottom. Yeah. When you arrive at the bottom, I want to be going very slow because if you suddenly hit the brakes, the car will tend to dive. You're losing ground clearance, and we need all we can to get down there. So nice and steady, let the car go forward. So we're making sure we don't outdo the approach angle of the front of the Freelander. Over we go at the top, we're at the apex now, the back end's coming up. Um, so, uh, should I be using the foot brake here? Yeah, use yeah. the foot brake. It has got heel descent control, but it'll be a little bit quick for this particular situation. A little bit to you, you're pretty at the moment. All I can see now is concrete in front of me. So keeping that gap as equal as you can, nice and slow as you get back, and back on the ground. Yeah. A little bit more to you, creeping my way. I'm being hung forward so in my seat belts now. Yeah. Don't want to turn left until you get the back end as well, so keep it nice and straight now. Yeah. You're still fairly tight on my side. Can't believe how well that car just managed that slippery slope. And we're down on the ground again. Feel that pulsing on the back of your foot? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's gradient release. So right. if you're on a steeper hill, that can come in handy as well. And gently bring the car to a halt. Mr. Instructor, sir, what's your name? Derek. How did Zog do? He was okay. Had a lot worse. Really? What's the worst thing that has happened on these on this Land Rover experience? Nothing too bad. I mean, it, it, you, you get smoother drivers or rougher drivers, but it, they're always it's fairly safe. No one's ever tumbled over the side then. Not that I know of. No, no, it's a very probably, controllable car. Probably thanks to your excellent instruction as well. Thank you very much, indeed, Derek. Thank you for that. How was it, Zog? Fun. I don't think we'll be so quite so hard on 4x4 four four drivers from now on, will we? We'll, uh... I've always said, if you've got to drive a 4x4, four four, drive a Land Rover. It's a proper 4x4. Four four. That's, 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 that's the truth. That's the truth. Cheers, Derek. Thank you very much yeah, indeed. Now, I don't know if Zog was a bit worried in the front seat there, but sitting in the back, I was terrified. That's it. We've uh, enjoyed our trip to Excel to the British International Motor Show. It was a good one, Zog, wasn't it? It was. What was your favourite thing at the show? I think I know what you're going to say. I was going to say Lotus Evora, but I think I'm just going to say Lotus, actually, because that little eco-Elise is so great. I know it's just a concept that's not the precursor to a production car or anything. It's just, uh, you know, it's just demonstrating some ideas, but it's so fabulous. The Evora 
is so great. I think, yeah, we uh, Lotus and specifically the Lotus Evora, without, without a doubt. I was going to mention the Eco Elise because we haven't talked about it. This is a car made with hemp fibres rather than polycarbonate fibres, I suppose. Yeah, hemp fibres rather than graphite fibres or glass fibres set in resin, which is basically what fiberglass or composite panels are. You know, you've got like a, an epoxy binder sticking together all of these fibres. And the Eco Elise, it's exactly the same, it's just that the fibres that they're binding are hemp fibres. Two interesting things about that car, I think, which I actually was going to name as one of my highlights of the show. One, that it has these sort of visible panels where you can see the fibres, where they haven't coloured it. And you made a great observation. You said it looks like a, well, it, it, a surfboard. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it's like a surfboard or sort of skateboard. You sometimes get that kind of, you know, sort of bare wood, bare fibreboard sort of kind of look in, in some of those kind of products. And yeah, it reminded me of that. And, and that's not a bad thing to tap into because it's quite a cool market there, isn't it? And they, you know, they can make their cars cool to surfboard types by doing that. It is just a great looking little car. And that, that's one of the lovely things about it. It's an, it's an uncompromisingly fabulous looking little sports car and that's what a lot of us want to buy and sizal which is the material you normally get on stair carpet which they used for the interior of the car what a great material it looks fantastic and it looks great alongside the bare aluminium of the elise as well really does anyway that's probably my highlight too unfortunately i mean i'm glad we agree on this yeah Uh, did you like the little honda open concept The uh, the open study model yeah i think that looks like a very very pretty little small sports car. It's running very slightly of the uh, what was the Ford? Um, the Ford the Focus. Top. It was called the, the Focus. The, uh, the before the Focus became a hatchback. You're talking about the very organic round shaped thing that had like an, an asymmetric nostril at the front. Is that what you're talking about? I'm talking about the. Um, it was the. It was the open. It was the convertible, small convertible, convertible Ford. Um, I think it was called the Focus. Amazingly okay. enough, but if, well, if if any listener knows better, please let us know. I'm pretty sure it was. There though. was something in the line that reminded me of that but uh, but, but, but but actually this is uh, you know quite a lot prettier and sleeker we don't know if that's going to make it into production yet that's still quite an early study isn't it that very promising yeah. I, 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 I tell you what i also liked i forgot to mention the mazda furai which was oh, based on a yeah. proper le mans car chassis what a dramatic car that was Look, kind of I, I just thought back car as it was you know doing its spinning around slowly thing on the stand there particularly as the, as the back came out i just thought wow back car is oh and we also saw we were just looking at the the lexus lfa concept now what did you think of that you're a big lexus fan big, yeah well i i like that car because it carries a little bit of dna of my old car my old toyota sora which is the lexus sc 300 or 400 depending on which engine you got and the very tip of the nose of the car that very rounded unusually rounded feature for a Lexus I think these days definitely carries a bit of my car's DNA in it and I love it and I love the fact that that car has got webcams instead of wing mirrors which I know is not a new idea it's been on a few concept cars but I'm amazed that more cars don't have that now I think we've made the cultural leap we're used to looking at rear view parking cameras now in cars and I'd be quite happy to have a car with those instead of big old fat wing mirrors. I'm sure we are all getting a little bit more used to that but I think the real tipping point is going to come when it's about as cheap to put a little camera on the side of a car on a little stub as it is to put a complex heated electrically adjustable wing mirror on the side of your car that's going to you know, cost 350 quid when somebody knocks it off in a car park. Being a webcam, it takes up less space, it's not going to get knocked off, and if it does, it'll be cheaper to replace anyway. Right, that's it. Well, we can't pretend that we've looked at every car at XL as aircraft fly over from uh, Docklands Airport, City Airport, City I think Airport. it's called. Um, so instead of uh, giving you uh, a review of every single car 
at Excel. What we'll do is we'll run through the list of all the cars, starting off with the global debut. Say goodbye first, Zog. Goodbye. Uh, here we go. I'll start with the Alfa Romeo Mito. Okay. Bentley Continental Flying Spur. Bentley Continental Flying Spur Speed. Fabio GTS 400. Ford Fiesta Econetic. Ford Focus RS. G-Wiz Lithium-Ion version. Honda's Open Study Model. IFR Automotive's Aspid. Land Rover Discovery 3. Land Rover Range Rover Autobiography. Lotus Project Eagle. Lotus Eco Elise. Mastretta MXT. Nice Electric 500. Nice My Car. Nice ZO. Nissan Qashqai Plus 2. Renault Sport Megane RS26R. Seat Ibiza Sport Coupe. The Lightning Car Company's Electric Lightning GT. Toyota Ago Crazy. Vauxhall Insignia. And here are the UK debuts. BRP Can-Am Spider Roadster. Cadillac CTS. Cadillac CTS Coupe. Cadillac Provoc. Chevrolet Beat. Chevrolet Camaro. Citroën Berlingo Multispace. Citroën C2. Citroën C5 Saloon. Citroën C5 Tourer. Citroën C6 Palace. Citroën C Cactus. Citroën C Crosser Commercial. Citroën C Surf. Corvette ZR1. Ford Fiesta. Honda CRZ. Honda FCX Clarity. Hummer HX. Isuzu Rodeo Denver Max LE. Isuzu Single Cab Pickup. Jaguar Acuri Akos XF. Jaguar XK60, Kia EcoSeed, Kia XSeed, Kia Key, Kia Soul, Land Rover LRX, Lexus ISF, Lexus LFA, Lotus Europa SE, Mazda BT50, Mazda RX8, Mini John Cooper Works, Morgan Aeromax, Morgan Life Car, Opal Flex Cream, Peugeot 308 RCZ, PGO Seven, Saab 94X, Seat Alhambra Ecomotive, Seat Leon Ecomotive, Spiker C8 Aileron, Subaru Forester, Subaru Impreza WRX STI, Suzuki A-Star, Suzuki Kazashi TD2000, Think City, Toyota IQ, Toyota Urban Cruiser, Zagato Bentley GTZ. Get more info on this show at GarethJones.tv. Write to the show on speed at garethjones.tv or subscribe for free at the iTunes store. Gareth Jones on Speed is made by Whizbang.